So I think in the workplace that shows up in the form of, you know, constantly, you know, striving to learn, constantly identifying opportunities for you to grow, even being open about your goals and just not being afraid to ask for help along the way. Hey guys, I'm Tara Wilson, and this is the Fierce Lab podcast, a series where women explore what it means to be confident, capable, and strong. That's Fierce, and we're here for it. For this episode of Fierce Lab, I talk with Margaret Frazier, who's social media manager of Swellbottle. Today, we're discussing career and going after what you want, remote work life, and how comparison is the thief of joy. I hope you enjoy this one. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fierce Lab. Today, I'm talking with Margaret Frazier, who is a social media manager at Swellbottle out of New York. Hi, Margaret. Welcome to the episode. Hi, Tara. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that we could get together today. So you are calling me from New York, but you've spent most of 2020 on the road working remotely, haven't you? Yes, I have. It's been obviously a whirlwind of a year. We got the minute the pandemic hit, I kind of escaped back to Texas where I'm from. Um, So I stayed with my brother a little bit. I stayed with my parents in Houston. And then the flexibility of being remote meant I had kind of the freedom to hit the road a little bit, safely travel um, to and fro from the car. So it's been fun to see some spots, you know, and in the U.S. that I haven't seen in, you know, so it was really fun. A lot of wide open spaces, um, I noticed from following your personal Instagram account. And we're going to talk about remote working in a bit um, here in this episode. But let's, let's start by teeing up for everybody how I reached out to you about being on the podcast. So earlier in the year, probably like in January or February, Squarespace and Indeed.com teamed up to do a video feature series called Get My Job. And they featured Margaret. And I was immediately drawn to this young woman who had this social media position at Swell. I really wanted to hear her story. And then at the end, I thought, hey, y'all know how I feel about LinkedIn. I'm going to look this woman up on LinkedIn. Well, it turns out Margaret is a TCU graduate. TCU's here in Fort Worth, where I am. And Margaret is good friends with a former intern of my agency. So I reached out to you, Margaret, didn't I? And I said, hey, (laughs) I'd love to interview you for the podcast. So why don't you tell our listeners about that video series, Get My Job? Like, how did that come about? How did you become someone that they wanted to feature? So basically... They started, Indeed did outreach to a few companies. I think they must have been targeting a few companies they knew used their service. So they reached out to our head of communications asking for if there was anyone that might be interested in being a part of this commercial, then you know send their names their way. And our head of comms knew just because I'm a little bit more familiar with talking to the camera just from you know, the social media standpoint, because I'm the social manager, I, you know, end up talking to our followers, answering questions, going to events, things like that. She knew I was a little bit more comfortable in front of the camera. So she put me up for the opportunity and 
I sent in a video kind of talking through my experience of finding my job through Indeed and I was casted. So it was really great. They flew me out to Austin, which was nice because it's my home state. And I got to pretend to be a star for a day, which was really fun. (laughs) Well, in my book, you are a star, Margaret. So um, talk a little bit about what you do as the social media manager at Swell. What does that job entail? So as the social manager, essentially I'm in charge of all of the communications to our online community and kind of engaging with our followers online. So that means anyone that's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, all of those major platforms I manage um, overseeing kind of what kind of messaging is going out, what kind of content in terms of images or videos we're using um, to post. Um, And then hand in hand with that, I'm also overseeing our paid media pieces. So any kind of ads that you would see on social media or even the ads that you see on the sidebars of articles that you're reading, I'm in charge of kind of that messaging that's Mm -hmm. distributed online. Mm -hmm. So Fierce Lab has a wide range of listeners and from a variety of backgrounds and perspectives. So for our listeners who are not as socially savvy, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, you grew up with social media at your fingertips. You grew up in a digital environment. So how have you learned the ropes of digital media? Like when you talk about buying ads and managing these various platforms, I mean, these platforms are relatively new and you've kind of had to grow with them and learn with them. So can you talk a bit about that experience and especially through the lens of a woman that might be looking to pursue a career similar to your own? Absolutely. So I think the, in terms of working in social media, the, the, the silver lining is that they're always changing. They're constantly developing. So it's almost always the the challenge of staying with the times is built into the job if you're in social media because they're always introducing new functions of the platform. So, you know, when I think about the first year I was working at Swell, Instagram stories didn't even exist. And now that's, you know, a platform that we're always talking about. Of course, things like TikTok hadn't, hadn't existed yet. So there's always new emerging platforms that we need to be keeping an eye on. And then there's always new ways that of using the already established platforms. So, you know, it's always just, you know, challenging yourself to, you know, keep up with the functionality and challenging yourself to make sure that you're, you know, just staying with the times. And social media is a very trendy space. You want to make sure that you're relevant and you're not tone deaf to what's being out there, you know. So I think it's almost built into the job is just you have to use the platforms the way that they were built to be used. And do you look at other brands and see how their team members are running their social channels and use that on occasion as a guide or inspiration? And do you network with any of those other social media managers? Yeah, I do. So I definitely keep an eye on other brands. They actually have just because, 
being in social media so much, you know, I try to disconnect when I can. So kind of my solution for that is to compartmentalize. So I actually have a separate Instagram where I just follow brands so I can keep an eye on either, you know, what our competitors are doing or just what other brands that align with Swell or just brands that we admire are up to. Um, And then absolutely in terms of networking with other social managers, you know, before, at least before COVID, there was lots of networking events going on in New York, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all those companies always host events to kind of get you in and get you talking to your cohort. So we definitely connect on like those events. And then in terms of just collaborations, it's sometimes as simple as just DMing another brand saying, Hey, we'd love to do something with you guys on social. We'd love to run a giveaway or something like that. So that's the beauty too of social media is that, you know, the ease of connectivity is really nice to, you know, connect with other teams. I love that. Great, great insights and information, especially for someone that's looking to pursue opportunities in your field. So let's go back to that Get My Job series that you did with Indeed. This is your first job out of college. Um, You've been there five years. But when you interviewed for this position, you went beyond just like the face-to-face interview with the hiring managers. Can share a little bit more about that story? Yeah, so... When Indeed was kind of sourcing people to do these videos, they were picking people based on their story to tell a very specific part of their story. And what they picked up about my story was that I really did try to go above and beyond. And that's a big part of that was because my background, like you said, this was my first job out of college. And my background before graduation was The only internship I had was a consulting internship, which didn't really lend itself to the type of jobs that I was targeting when I moved to New York. I graduated with a marketing degree and I knew I wanted to do something a little bit more creatively driven. So I knew what I wanted, but my issue was that I didn't have a lot of the background that I knew other candidates would have. So I was looking, of course, at social media jobs that people, a lot of people in New York is such a competitive city had portfolios for already. So I ended up finding this listing for Swell on the job site and I applied through the website and then I ended up reaching out to the hiring manager directly over LinkedIn and, you know, trying to make my case and send through a few examples. And that was fortunately led me to get a first round interview, which went really well. And I think based on the questions that she was asking. I don't fully remember, but I I remember leaving there knowing, okay, I need to go turn out some, some kind of deliverables that I can send her way to prove that I can do these things. So I ended up going to Central Park and I had a swell bottle at the time. So I took my camera and my swell bottle and took some pictures in Central Park and um, ended up making a gift because I wanted to show her that I could not only you know, I don't have, or I have more than just skills in photography. I can also do animation and video editing. And then I also put together a blog post because that was part of the job description was to help kind of hone in the blog. So I drafted up a whole blog post and I sent it her way. And then from there, I, sh- I heard back from her, but I think the the hiring process was 
it went on for a few weeks. So every week or so I sent another deliverable. So it was kind of fun actually doing that indeed indeed video. I looked back on all of my old emails and saw how you did it. Younger, spunky me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and Margaret, I really love this part of your story because you wanted this opportunity and you saw that, hey, I may not have this portfolio that demonstrates that I can do the work, but I'm going to develop it on the fly and I'm going to send it. And you do what I call drip. You dripped on the hiring manager every week to show that A, you were still engaged, that you wanted this, that you would be responsive, and that the work was going to speak for itself as well. And I think that's so valuable to share with our listeners that sometimes you have to go above and beyond to get these opportunities that you want for yourself. And I talk frequently about advocating for yourself. And and social media is a platform, a, a place that we can do that. And you took it one step further and put it in her inbox or his inbox week over week. I'm not sure if the hiring manager was male or female, but yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, in the end, or before I get to that part, but basically I remember feeling like, is this being, am I coming off too desperate? And I remember thinking like, you know, internal conversation, thinking you have nothing to lose here. You might as well put every foot forward that you can. And in the end, it obviously paid off. I got the job, but I even got the feedback from the hiring manager who was a woman. She was saying that really stood out to me. I knew that you would work really hard at this job. And I knew that you wouldn't let me down. So it, I mean, all of that effort certainly paid off. Mm -hmm. There's magic in what you just shared. You had an internal dialogue, what I call your old tapes inside your head that were telling you, hey, is this over the top? Is this being obnoxious? I'm putting words in your mouth, right? But, (laughs) you know, you had a tape playing and you silenced that tape by saying, what do you have to lose? And you went for it anyway. We talk a lot about risk-taking as part of Fierce Lab, and you took this, what felt like a risk initially, and you silenced that risk and you went for it, and it paid off. I mean, clearly, you you work for Swell, you've been there five years, you've had three promotions. It's really impactful. Congratulations, and um, it's a it's a masterclass in how to get a job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very pleased. And that's what, you know, I think even, especially from Texas, there's a lot of people that move up to New York now and have the similar question. I moved up without the job. So, you know, I meet with girls who come from Houston or Fort Worth or wherever, and, you know, they ask the same thing. And I always say, just don't be scared to express interest because it's, it's a, hard city to find a job. It's so competitive and it can be cutthroat. And sometimes sometimes you come across people who aren't as receptive, but you want to be in a place where people value determination. And Well, let's talk about that. So you said you moved to the city without having the job. So is that advice that you give other women? Like, hey, you've got to come to the city your, your opportunities are going to multiply by being there? Or do you think someone can search out a job opportunity in a large city like New York without being there? I think, you know, I think it depends on the industry. 
if you're in my, at least in my experience, knowing that I didn't have the background in marketing that I would have liked, I felt like I needed to be there. And I did try before moving up to apply for jobs and nothing really came to fruition. It was a lot of just kind of waiting around and unanswered emails. <laughs> um, so I just, especially with my timing, I I wanted to go ahead and get up there. But I do, I have a lot of friends too that were able to secure a job ahead of time. And sometimes those were in companies that were much larger who do, you know, bigger hiring sprees, you know, in the lead up to the year. So it definitely depends on industry. For me, I feel like it did help because again, if you're, you know, you're trying to just get in front of people and get your name out there, you know, it helps to be able to just take a coffee to get somebody's advice or be able to run downtown for an interview if you can um, for a last minute interview. Yeah. You said something at the beginning of this statement. You said you didn't have the background in marketing that you would have liked. What would you do differently? And do you have advice for women who are transitioning from uh, maybe their senior year in college into that first couple of years out with a new job? I think that's hard. I, I'm not sure that I would have done it differently because I think I needed to have the consulting internship. I had my sights set on consulting thinking, oh, that this could be a cool job for me. You know, you get to meet a lot of people and you travel. And it was just not really what I ended up wanting to do. So, but that's that was a good experience in learning that that's actually not what I want to pursue in my career overall. So I think that was a good learning, but it also just meant that when I did start to look for a job after graduation, that I didn't have the creative marketing portfolio that I needed, which is why, you know, what led me to, you know, do it on my own and get really scrappy about it. So I don't think it's necessarily a loss. I definitely would encourage people to try out different industries or different jobs that they might be interested in because, you know, it might not be what you think it is. And that's a good learning too. Yes, absolutely. Sometimes eliminating the things that you don't want to do <laughs> is just as valuable as finding the things you do want to do. So let's turn to like, you just recently launched Swell's first TV commercial. Can you mm -hmm. tell us about that? Yeah, definitely. So obviously, we are in the midst of a pandemic. We've, you know, come out of a lockdown. And so when things really started to hit, especially once the company went remote and pretty much everyone was working from their homes, we had a lot of discussions about how do we pivot our marketing to acknowledge that. And um, especially when we are thinking about our paid media opportunities. Um, how can we speak to the customer where they are, which was, of course, in the home. So our agency actually came to us with the opportunity to do something on connected TV. Um, so essentially, there's all of those commercials, if you're watching from a smart TV or a streaming device like Fire Stick or Google Cast or anything like that, um, that's a completely different ad set than what you see if you're watching just normal tel cable television. They came to us saying, you know, these these types of ads are doing really well. Everyone's on their TV at home. So it could be a great opportunity for us. And our company was really excited. Actually, Sarah had just had a conversation with a friend who said that they had had a lot of success with it for their company. So 
And um, Sarah is the CEO of Swell yes. Bottle. Yes, exactly. We decided to give it a go. Um, and it was definitely, it was our first time doing it. So it was an experiment, but it was really fun process because knowing that our end goal was to run a commercial on connected TV, we could create the commercial to cater to that audience. Um, so it was a really exciting process. We worked with a creative agency who, you know, put together the actual shoot. We, you know, talked through the casting and the, you know, props and everything in between that went into it. And then um, went through the editing process, making sure everything matched up the way that we needed it to. And then um, we put it live and it's running right now, which is really exciting. And it's definitely a more long form ad. So we're, you know, it takes some time to collect all the data on it, but we're feeling really confident in that we are meeting our consumers where they are. So hopefully it turns into, you know, a win. But what I love about this part of the story is that you had not created a commercial, a television commercial prior to this, right? So in 2020, because of a pandemic, Margaret got to build new skill sets that she can use for future and and put on her resume and grow in her career. Um, did you see it as such? Absolutely. I remember sitting with my colleague and we're kind of starting to put the brief together and we were really excited. We thought this is so cool that we get to do this. And it was kind of a nice, I had all these skills separately in the sense, you know, I work with photographers and videographers to create videos and images for our social channels. And I'm used to writing copy. So when we were writing the scripts that, you know, that came easy. I had a lot of the skills and bits and pieces, but to put it together into this package was really exciting. And yeah, absolutely a silver lining of quarantine. And what a great piece of work to put in your portfolio, right? Because we know that our goals are always to grow professionally. As a CEO, I want to see my team grow. And and so to see someone like acquire new skills and 2020 has really brought that on. It's forced our team members to be really nimble and 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 stretch themselves and uh, including myself. And so it's exciting to see that that's happening for others. When you're presented an opportunity and maybe you don't have all the skill sets, is there something that you do to kind of bring yourself up to speed? So did you reach out to other peers that, you know, maybe had created commercials and talk with them about the process? Or did you lean heavily on on your agency that brought the opportunity to you guys? What's your advice for when you have to try something new that you've never done before? Yeah, I definitely think it's, not being afraid to ask for help. So in this case, our agency was a huge resource. You know, they are the experts in that channel and as well as the creative agency that we worked with who, you know, actually shot it. Don't be afraid to ask, you know, is this something that will resonate? Is this something that even will look good when it's hard to, you know, when you're putting together the storyboard for a commercial to, you know, actually envision it. So relying on people who are experts in what they're doing is definitely something that I would recommend. And like I said, not being afraid or feeling dumb about asking those questions. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit earlier that you've spent a 
good portion of 2020 outside of New York, working remotely. What has that experience been like for you? Um, It's been really good. I think it's been, it's definitely been a mix. Everyone could probably attest to. It's a mix of good and bad. I think having that flexibility to, even if you aren't moving around, but just having the flexibility in your day to, run errands or if you have kids, take care of the kids when you need to is really nice. And I think that's an important piece to bring kind of that balance into work life. There's also, I think, always being online, there's way more room for burnout for sure. Especially with social, you know, I'm always on my phone or on my computer, on my email. Um, So for me, I've definitely recognized the importance of creating that time to disconnect and just kind of be away from screens, um, which was really nice. I think, as you said, I have had the freedom to move around a little bit. So in my case, I was road tripping around and I got to see a lot of beautiful, beautiful spots. So um, just kind of getting out into nature was my solution to avoiding that kind of burnout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what did you learn about working with your team when you were remote? How did you all connect and stay connected and and work around these vastly different types of schedules and experiences that your team members were having? Mm-hmm. I think for me to keep... Um, just to make things honestly easier for me in terms of kind of juggling everything. I tr- I always stayed on the New York timeline when I was working. But just even outside of that, communication is no doubt the, the great key to it all. Just over-communicating what you're working on. I think that's another interesting piece of everyone being remote is sometimes people end up working in silos. Um, so just making sure that you're communicating what you're working on to others and vice versa, like inquiring, hey, like, are you working on something that might affect me or something that we could work on together? Um, definitely, I think communication has been my big takeaway from or my key to success in the whole remote life. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, you have to be a good communicator. And I've seen sometimes that because of social media, there is a whole generation that doesn't know how to clearly communicate. Um, The generation with the most access to tools for communicating does the least amount of communication. I'm not referring necessarily to you, Margaret. I'm just (laughs) saying um, that I found has been a side effect of um, having so many ways to communicate with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I love that. So what's next for you? As you're growing and developing your career, what would you like to see happen in next or in the immediate future? Maybe take the fact that we're in the middle of a global pandemic <laughs> out of the equation and maybe right. we're all kind of putting the pause button on that next step, but um, or at least it's taking longer. But I'd like to know what you where you want to go. Yeah, I think, I mean, to your point earlier, I'm always open to learning these new opportunities, you know, especially within the digital space. And also, you know, similar to your team, our team is also, you know, we're lending hands here and there. I'm, you know, we're taking on like new types of roles. So I've been writing a lot of copy for our team. I've been 
you know, content marketing is also, I've mentioned before, is a big piece of social media, actually sourcing the creative that goes up on our social posts. And I usually work with photographers that shoot our products in lifestyle settings. So people holding the bottles or, you know, out and about versus, you know, just seeing the bottle in a studio setting. And that has become kind of lifestyle images have clearly performed better for us across the board. So it's become a bigger and bigger initiative for us. Um, So I am always talking to our photographers, our videographers, looking to find new photographers and videographers so that we have like a constant stream of new content for not just social media, but our website and our e-blast and our retail channels to post on um, their websites. Um, So I think content is you know, the next big avenue for me. I really like writing as well. So something maybe in, you know, brand side, but like editorial storytelling is kind of the great big buzzword. Now everyone wants to, you know, go just beyond their product and tell deeper stories. So I would definitely say content marketing is kind of my next, my next great hope of growing into. I love that. I often speak with women who are looking to make career changes or advance in their career. Uh, Very similar to you, you know, people will reach out that know me and want to sit down and have a coffee. And this year I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of women and some of them are in your profession and they're thinking about that next step. Where do I go? How do I continue to grow? That one of the things that does pop up is, is the burnout that is experienced and having to be on line so often for the work that they do. So it's nice to hear the direction that you're looking at. I think it will be valuable to our listeners as they, some of them who think are thinking through next steps. So I have a couple of things I usually just like to ask of, of some uh, guests on the podcast. Like, do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that kind of like keeps you motivated or encouraged? I think... This is not exactly a quote, but something that I think I also try to subscribe to is don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's, you know, chapter 20. Comparison is such a slippery slope. And especially in the age of social media, it's easy to compare yourself to others. And just recognizing that your path is never going to look like somebody else's. Um, you know, everyone has a different journey and you never know how long somebody has been working at what they're working on. So I tried to just avoid, you know, the comparison slope. Smart. Very smart because it. you're right. It's easy. And in today's environment, you know, I do it too. I look at someone else who's an entrepreneur and I'm like, oh my goodness, look at all she's doing. And, uh, you know, she's, she's, on MSNBC and she's written this article and it's been published in the Wall Street Journal and all these things. And I'm like, I'm over here trying to grow a community, you know? (laughs) So I get it. But but my path is very different, right? And and the time to me, I believe time is just a construct. And I try not to look at the time it takes to get somewhere. Like if I've said, I want to accomplish this, it will happen. It may take longer um, for me to cross that finish line than someone else, but it's not a competition and there's enough opportunity out there for everyone. So reducing the comparison does help. I agree. 
Yeah, definitely. Margaret, I appreciate that you've taken the time to chat. I want to close with the question that I ask all guests. And that is, what does the word fierce mean to you? Fierce to me, I think, you know, in the same similar vein to what we've been discussing throughout this whole podcast is figuring out what you want and then doing everything you can to go after it. So I think in the workplace that shows up in the form of, you know, constantly, you know, striving to learn, constantly identifying opportunities for you to grow, even being open about your goals and just not being afraid to ask for help along the way. That is a great definition of fierce. I love it. Thank you for tying it back to this conversation that we've had. It's, of course. It's been a pleasure to chat with you today. I appreciate that you've taken time out of your schedule um, oh my to gosh, share your so journey. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course. Well, thanks, Margaret. Thanks, Tara. Thanks for listening today. If you liked this episode, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend. With your help, we'll grow the Fierce Lab community. And I would love to stay in touch. You can find me on Instagram at Tara M. Wilson. Mm-hmm.